On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we're talking New York football giants. That's right, we have a State of the Giants episode, and we're welcoming on a special guest, Tova, to help break down all things New York Giants. We're talking Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman, Eli Manning, and the glory days, and how they're so far behind us. We want to let you know we did record this before the Browns game, so things may be a little different, but stay tuned for episode 92 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host as always. Tonight, though, we are doing something a little bit different. We are doing a state of the New York Giants. As you know, I am a Giants fan, diehard, big blue fan, and it's been kind of an up and down season. Uh, but tonight we're welcoming on uh, a special guest. Her name is Tova. She is a big Giants fan. So Tova, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. So um, we've kind of gone back and forth on Twitter. I've seen a lot of your stuff that you put out about the Giants. Uh, big fan. So why don't you give us like a little insight, just doing this for fun? Or are you kind of just, uh, you know, this is how you watch the games? Uh, what's right. uh, the start there? Okay, so I feel like in order to answer this question, I have to give a little background about like myself in regards to the fact that I went to school in Philly. So I'm from Scranton, PA. I went to Tumbo for undergrad. I went to Drexel for law school. So I was in Philly town for seven straight years. And needless to say, I never, I rarely got Giants games. So, and when I'd watch it, I'd always have like the local broadcasters. And I was like, well, this is just super depressing because they don't want the Giants to succeed. Mm-hmm. And at the time I like thought about the NFL Sunday ticket, but I was like, eh. So I was like, you know what? Let me hop on Twitter. And this is probably the best way to just get all the updates. If I follow, you know, all the analysts, all, you know, fellow Giants fans. So that was how it originally started for me. And then I did end up jumping to get the Sunday ticket. But as you know, I'm sure it's delayed. Mm-hmm. So I'd be watching the games and it'd be like Eli Manning third and 10. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And I'm have to, I'm so impatient. So I would just like scroll on Twitter refreshing and it'd be like intercepted or we get the first down. And honestly, I think from doing that, I just became like a Sunday, like, well, I guess, you know, giants ritual at that point to be like, all right, let me see what my, like my fellow announcers are saying. And I feel like from there I found different fans and like their commentary and it just kind of became like its own little world. I wasn't really trying to get anything from it aside from commentary that was, you know, not like, oh, the Giants are in first place. Like, let's go. Eagles get it together. I was like, well, this sucks. Like, I don't want to hear this. I need to be with my people. But when you're stuck in Philly and no offense to Meryl Reese, but like, that's what I'm listening to. I was like, I need some people on my team. So that's kind of how I got on Twitter. And then I feel like I really would just like tweet for fun. Like I would just be like, let me see. Like, I don't know. Like when, just see what happens. And I was like, oh, people are actually like seeing my stuff or like retweeting it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm kind of, you know, this might be a a fun little hobby to have. So I feel like that it started off just really for information. And then it became, you know, just kind of like a community. Yeah. Uh, So that's really how that started off. 
Yeah, and I've been following. The content's great. It's entertaining. It's funny. And you know your shit about the Giants. So that's, to me, what, what drew me in. Cool. Well, I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I feel like I had a lot of people a few weeks ago when we played the Seahawks. I thought the announcers were trash. And oh. I was, like, going crazy on there. Like, every time they said something, I was like, here we go again. Here we go again. And I had people reaching out being like, this is so funny. And I'm like, I'm just happy that I'm not the only one who feels this way. It was like... Adam's breeds and it was like oh my gosh and I'm like well, yeah and I'm pretty sure uh Mark Schleris was the color guy in that game and he played for the Redskins so he always has a bias against the Giants I yeah. hate when he does our games exactly and I was just like you know what so once I, I just thought it was funny because I I'm kind of dramatic and I thought it was really funny that people were like your tweets are actually hilarious this game and I was like oh cool <laughs> thanks like I'm half venting but also getting some reassurance so oh absolutely cool. so I know it's been kind of a, a dark period last couple of years for the Giants but let's go back let's remember the the happier times here okay who uh was your favorite Giants player or who is um, your favorite player? so I feel like you I, you cannot sit here and like you not say Eli Manning it yeah. has to be yeah. but that's a given so my second I would say is Victor Cruz okay um I it killed me when he went down at that Eagles game. That was brutal. Killed me. I remember where I was. My boyfriend's a diehard Eagles fan, which like <laughs> is rough in and of itself. And I was at his, um, it was his brother's apartment who was in Philly and they were, you know, not rooting for injury, but they were like, Oh, this could change the tie the game. And I'm just sitting there like, no, like he's my favorite player. No, yeah. no. Um, but Victor Cruz's energy just going into that Super Bowl season. I mean, I feel like it's just, unmatched and I think he just because when I so I'm 25 so the first Super Bowl I was in like seventh grade and I think that's really where I ended up like how I got on the Giants train um my dad so I live in Scranton like I said my dad's from Linden New Jersey so that's who his team was and um growing up you know like he'd always watch it and I was just like eh. and then I can remember when they were going to the Super Bowl like the, the playoff games leading up to it my dad was super into it. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to like sit, give it a watch, like whatever. And it was by chance that they just, you know, the games became so intense and, you know, I can't forget three times the charm. I mean, it's like ingrained (laughs) in my head. And ever since then, I was like, this is actually very fun to watch. And it was really meaningful to watch it with my dad. And I think the combination of coming off like that super exciting Super Bowl year paired with just the fact that this was a fun activity like my dad and I can do really just pushed through why and how I became yeah. a fan. But um, to be able like that, that Super Bowl, the 2007 one, Ugh. I will admit I wasn't, I didn't follow it all season. Like I can remember watching the game where the Giants almost beat the Patriots and they lost and I was like, oh, like my dad, my other side of the family is Eagle fans, and they were like so hyped about it. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But I think the difference with 2011 was I was actually able to like watch it from start to finish because after that Super Bowl, the 2007, I was on board. Like I Locked was in, yeah. So it was really cool to see that. And then also, just like I said, from Scranton, PA, like it's a lot of Eagle fans. So to be able to have those bragging rights, and I felt like I actually earned them as opposed to being like, oh, yeah, like my dad's a fan. So like I get bragging rights. It was like, no, I sat there and I watched those games and I watched on Christmas Eve getting ready as Victor Cruz ran 99 yards to the Jets. Like it was all that hype. Yep. I really credit that to to Victor Cruz. And I don't know if he'll ever see this, but if he does, I still like wish him all the best because I thought we do. 
stuff. Love Victor Cruz. Love the salsa. Yeah. yeah, that 2007 season was wild. My dad and I had season tickets. And okay. the funny thing is he's actually a Cowboys fan, but he roots for the Giants because of me, which is okay. weird. It's a weird dynamic. All right. We um, respect it, though. We can yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that season we were, we had the tickets obviously. And I was like, dad, let's go out to green Bay for that playoff game. He was like, are you insane? He's like, it's going to be like negative 15 degrees there. He's like, we're not going to that game. But, uh, yeah. that, that season, that Super Bowl run was incredible. Um, I always loved Justin talk. He was always one of my favorite guys. Great. Uh, and then going back a little further, I was a big Tiki barber guy, even though after, okay. after he left, he kind of had some bad things to say about Eli and the giants. I know he's got a rocky relationship, but right. I, I loved him when he was there. So, Ugh, yeah. The good years, the good years. They really make you appreciate it. What's going on now. It's so funny because like my, as I said, my boyfriend's an Eagles fan and I, for the longest time was able to always be like, Oh, bottom of the division. Ooh. And now like the tables just completely, well now, not right now they're they have their own issues, but yeah. for the last few years, like it's been, I'm now on the opposite side of it. And I'm like, Oh, this, this sucks. Like, brutal. I, this is not fun. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. And it's, it's a dark time for sure. I think I do see some positives. Like I definitely think Joe judge is the guy. I agree with that, yeah. For me, McAdoo and, and Sherman, like they just, they were not the fit. And I thought it was so clear. I feel like to everyone else and for whatever reason, like that, you know, that they're in the past, which is great. So I think we're on the upswing with judge. I really enjoy him and I know he got some flack for the laps and people were like is this gonna work and to be honest I didn't even necessarily care if the laps worked which I think they somewhat did because Saquon I remember reading an article that he like voluntarily ran laps when he messed up but I think it was more just having a coach who wanted the team to succeed and really just I feel like put his all in the team and to be honest I don't think McAdoo and Shermer had any like relationship with the team it seemed very like cold or kind of more business-like I'm like you're I feel like you know like as the coach like you're leading you're kind of raising these people like I feel like they're almost like your students you know Mm -hmm. yep and I feel like regardless of what people thought about like running laps I was like no the point of the matter is he's not happy with what he sees and he wants this team to do well and he's not going to settle for anything less as opposed to like Shermer and McAdoo I feel like they're kind of like well it is what it is. We tried our best. And it was like, no, like you're, you're two and 14. Like we're not, we don't want to watch this yeah. team. Like just hearing those two names gives me PTSD. Yeah. I, I have a theory. Like there are some coaches that are meant to be either an offensive coordinator or a defense coordinator, and they're just not qualified to be a head coach. And that was Shermer and McAdoo. They just didn't fit the bill. Yeah. I think I know people say Shermer had, you know, the question of him possibly like would make a good offensive coordinator with like Daniel Jones and everything. I can buy that argument a little more than McAdoo. Like, I really, I mean, watching him on the sidelines, I was uh, like, why? Like, why? Because I, by then, I paid for the Sunday ticket because I was like, I, I just, I was like, I don't know. Like, I wanted to watch the, the teams. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to watch my, my team. And then I was like, see him on the sideline. I was like, <sighs> and then sure, was the same thing. He, yeah. I guess an argument could be made about him being, you know, a good offensive coordinator for Daniel Jones. But to be fair, I don't think I can stomach looking at him. I'm just like, the memories are bad and they're negative. And I just, we need to take this team in a whole different direction. And we're on the Joe Judge train and you guys are left in the dust. Sorry, not 
Sorry. I uh, I had no idea who Joe Judge was. So when they announced that, I was like floored. I was like, what is going on? But right. I'm with you. I think he's the guy. And you can see that the, the team is bought in and they're playing really hard under him. 100%. And you just get this feeling around the, the team that's different than it has been the past like four or five years. So like, I think I agree. And I think with McAdoo and Shermer, it was a lot of like going through the motions and kind of, you know, becoming used to it. I guess, honestly, like mediocrity at that point. Yeah. And I think a lot of what Judge does reminds me kind of of Coughlin's like intensity. But, you know, he respect like I, there was definitely a mutual respect with Coughlin and the team, but he also just didn't handle bullshit well. And I think that's kind of how Joe judges and as opposed to Shermer and McAdoo, who I said, I think they were just kind of like, eh, like, okay, yeah. the team's bad. What are we going to do? And it's like, no, 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 you have fans and season ticket holders. We don't want to see this. Like there's no reason why the team is this bad. I completely agree. Well, and I, I, I thought that was how the season was going. Obviously like when we're one in seven at one point in the season, you're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. But, they turn this around. So let, let's let's look at the past couple of weeks because okay. obviously they went on that run. They they won four straight and people were I know I was getting a little too excited. I was like, here we go, back in the playoffs. You can have another mm-hmm. wild run. Um let's start with the Seahawks game because that right. to me was the pinnacle of the success of this season. I Unbelievable agree. win. What were you thinking after that game? So before I tell you after, I have to tell you before, I am a big pessimist see the glass glass half empty I just feel like if you do that you're never disappointed and I feel like you know with how the team's been why would you ever be optimistic which might be a horrible way to be but I went into that game being like I don't even know why we're gonna watch like this is gonna be a devastating loss like I don't know I was incredibly impressed I think though the 99% of that is all on the defense yeah it has to be I mean, I was shocked that we won, and I was so pumped until 24 hours later when the Reds or the Washington football team won, and I was like, "Well, yeah, nothing is ever easy as a Giants fan," and this is why I don't know why I got so excited like mm-hmm. the previous day. Um, watching that game was definitely stressful, and I feel like our the biggest win to know that we are on the up and up was the fact that like Russell Wilson did not throw a Hail Mary at the end of that game. <laughs> exactly. We have seen, we, we have seen this film before we know how it ends. And I, that was actually, I think the moment where I was like, the tides are changing only then for, you know, whatever happened. <laughs> that Cardinals game was so brutal too, because I, I, I don't think they got like in their own press clippings and, you know, started to get overconfident. I, I don't think that happened. Um, but I, I ultimately think in that Cardinals game that Daniel Jones wasn't healthy. And I put almost all the blame on that game on Jason Garrett, that offensive game plan was so bad. Like I have no idea what he was doing. So this week they, he's out with COVID. Hopefully he you know recovers and does well, but right. I'm, I'm, I'm personally very happy that he's not calling plays this week. Am I, am I wrong there? No, you're a hundred percent right. I think I originally shared something being like, it's an omen. And then I was like, crap, I don't want people to think I'm like happy. He's sick with COVID. So I quick <laughs> like, del- like deleted it, retweeted. And I was like, maybe it's an omen, but also get well. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but like, we are slightly relieved that you are not, we're not relieved you have COVID, but are the fans relieved that you're not play calling this week? Yes. Yes, we are. I just think for me, like I watching that game. So once again, the pessimism in me, like the pessimist rather, I did not have a good feeling going into that game 
at all. And I think I tweeted it at like 105 and I had people throughout the game being like, you were right, you're right. And I was like, look, I didn't want to be right. Like right. I certainly would have loved to have retweeted it being like, but you know, at 405 being like, look, I, I was messed up. I didn't have faith in this team. I'm sorry, guys. But I don't know if it was like coming off the high of the Seahawks, but I was just like, I don't, I'm not feeling it. Like I'm just not the biggest play that sticks out to me that I think is so questionable was on third and one when Daniel Jones, like, Oh my God. You know, I watch, I feel like sometimes the play calling is so reserved and I felt that way with Eli. And I think sometimes the whole issue became like, is Eli going to throw another interception? So instead of having an interception, let's just hand it off. Like it's safe. And it's like, well, when you're on third and 17, I'd rather the ball be intercepted. And for me, for like the time, the ball's in the air to be like, please make a play. Please. And I feel like Wayne Gallman, who definitely deserves a ton of credit, and I feel like he could have his own episode on a podcast for like <laughs> what he's done. Um, to not give it to him, I like on that third and one baffles me. Especially like, that, when like, they haven't been taking any shots down the field the entire game. They decide on third and one to take a shot deep. It's like, what are you doing? That's why I'm convinced, and I think this was actually one of my tweets, or a response to someone, and I was like, I don't understand, like, is he an opposite lamb? Like, I feel like all the fans are tweeting, and it's, like, third and 15, and we're all, like, down the sideline to Shepard, like, please, or, like, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, maybe, maybe not on third down, like, maybe he could get yeah. second down, I don't know. He got we the want, drops. Yeah, we don't want to trust him on the third down, and then it's, like, all the fans, like, waiting, like, and then all of a sudden, just, like, you, you hand it off, and we're like, what? he like lost yardage like what are you doing and I think that's like what my frustration was I was like if you wanted to keep the ball like you've had the whole game to do that and this is where you decide to and it was like for like I said like if you're not on the Wayne Gallman train like I don't I don't you're not watching the games (laughs) like I really hope Giants give him an extension because if you pair him up with a healthy Saquon you know that's a really good one-two punch that you've got there I hope that that's how they coordinate it who knows right. I think it's a really hard sound I love Saquon like I yeah. was so pumped at that draft so excited and his injuries absolutely devastating I just don't know if they don't put Gallman and Saquon in like Gallman's not going to want to be on the bench and I like usually I feel like my approach is kind of like you're making money why do you care? Like, we will never see the amounts of money that you make. Like, I wish I, wish I could sit on the bench. Seriously. But, I would love to be a backup quarterback where you just pay me to, like, hold the clipboard and, like, you know, just exactly. stand there. Like, whatever. You, I'll get the water bottles. I'll do whatever. But I think he's proven himself that he doesn't. He deserves more than that. And to be fair, if it came down to that decision and the Giants choose Saquon, which they very well may, I wouldn't have – hard feelings with Wayne Gallman feeling like, like I have to go somewhere else. Like, yeah. He definitely deserves that. Well, this is a, a tough question since we're talking about him, you know, Saquon's going to come up for an extension soon. If you're the GM Tova, the GM, do you give him a big, massive contract? But those Ooh. things don't usually work out very well. I know. I know this is such a tough one. And I just, I feel like the thing is with Saquon is he's a great athlete. And I think he appears at least to be a great person I think the issue is, is on paper, like, you know, he was, I forget how many games he was injured a little last season, played what a game and a half this season. Like 
statistically, I think it's a really hard sell. But also the, the problem I think with the Giants is like we don't have anyone people are that excited to watch aside from Saquon. And I mean, like I'm sitting here, I'm like, I don't even know whose jersey to get. Like <laughs> who who do I like? I feel like I owe it to the defense that a defensive jersey because I mean, oh, yeah. I don't. so I think I don't know. I don't know what goes on in those meetings, but I feel like at the same time, if you want people to be back at MetLife and cheer, I don't know who you are getting, like what fans are going to, whose jersey you expect people to wear if Saquon's not there. Will that come into play in a decision like that? I mean, it's, it's a very reasonable question to ask because he is the guy. And and like you said, he's the guy that people come to watch and what drives me nuts is that I feel like none of these offensive coordinators that we've had, or even Shermer, who I guess called the plays, really utilized Saquon and you like got his maximum abilities on the field. Like when you look at guys like Christian McCaffrey and like some right. of these other dual threat running backs, like even Austin Eckler to a lesser degree, they're getting like passes out in the open and they're allowing them to be athletic and make plays that rarely happen. That happened, I think, in Saquon's first season, and like that was it. I agree. And I think also the problem is, is the play calling is not only become so reserved, also so predictable. Yeah. Like we know I'm sitting there and I'm like, please don't hand it to Saquon. Like they're just going to tackle him. And what happens? It's like he loses two yards and you're like, yeah, because that must be like, you just have sheets and sheets of like Saquon, Saquon, maybe throw it down the field like one time, but just Saquon the whole game. It's like, well, I've never played a sport in my life. And like, I could probably tackle him or at least attempt to because I know that's what you know it's coming right exactly so I agree with that I think they just are like oh we have a big name so like we're just going to utilize him it's like yeah but utilize him properly you know like utilize him so we get like you said like push his maximum potential that we know he's capable of doing instead of just like oh wow like what are we gonna do just hand it oh minus two yards like it's now third and like 12 like we're like okay great like it's like predictable I'm I'm just so torn on what they should do with him too, because I love him. I, I have, that's the Jersey I have. It's my mm-hmm. current Jersey. Yeah. And I just, I, I love when he's on the field. I was like, you said, I was very thrilled with that pick. Um, but giant contracts to running backs put you in a really tough position. So I'm, I'm so torn on this, but we need weapons. Like when you watch these games, you can you can just tell there's no skill position guy that, you know, scares a defense. So I feel like they got to bring him back, but it's going to be just such an interesting position, but the guy making this decision is Dave Gettleman. Let's just shift right now to Dave. Oh. Ugh, I have the same reaction when I hear his name. It's like Voldemort. Just yeah. <sighs> well, like I said to you before this podcast, my, I, I feel like, you know, people questioned him and I was kind of like, what, like, what does it matter? Like, we're not the ones calling the shots, whatever. And I felt that way, like whatever, until the backup trade where I was on spring break in Switzerland, complete time difference. And I wake up to like tagged posts, texts, missed calls from my dad, missed calls from my boyfriend. Being like, did you see the news? And I'm like, I just like have jet lag. I'm trying to like get my life together. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I left the country and this is what happened. And after that, I was like, all right, we are, before we were like, eh, now we're just like bad. Like everything bad. Like we... I don't know if he has done enough to earn himself to stay. I don't, I'm not wowed. Um, like I, I don't, I just. I'm like, completely on board with you. 
Yeah. Like that, that Beckham trade, I remember it's one of those things like I remember exactly where I was too. And my buddies were texting me. I was like, there's no way, like, this is fake. Why? Like, especially because like, I think a week or two or a month before that Gettleman came out and was like, we're not going to sign Odell just to trade him. Yes. Which is exactly what he did. And you're like, Oh my God. So I like there's elements of that deal that I understand, but signing him to a giant contract just to trade him made no sense to me because then you got dead cap money on the on the records for that next season. And then on top of that, you get these draft picks, which I didn't think he could, they could have got probably more for him ultimately. I agree. And then they, they use it on Dexter Lawrence. Now I love Dexter Lawrence. He's a great player. Yeah. But we yeah. shored up a position that we already had a lot of guys and a lot of talent on. We're getting, we're getting an interior defensive lineman for Odell. And then the third round pick turned into O'Shane Zimenez, who's got potential, but has been hurt and hasn't really. Yeah. Out. I so think, I don't know. I think too, what's just so frustrating is like, had we had the, the deal and we got a superstar player out of it and someone like, as I feel like this has kind of goes back to like before my fake one jersey, I had Beckham. And yep, I had so. that jersey, like that was my go-to jersey when I wasn't wearing my Eli jersey. And I mean, Eli, like I had that since like right after that Super Bowl of like the 07 Super Bowl, like that was my jersey. So I feel like had we gotten someone where it was like, okay, this sucks and I'm sad, but it was worth it because now we have this like superstar, whatever position where everyone is afraid of. Maybe I would feel differently, but I feel like the team, they're meshing. I definitely think they are meshing. Like, there's definitely, I think, a lot more cohesiveness that we have not seen under yep. McAdoo or Shermer. But there's not a wow factor to the games. Um, like, there's no one. I feel like everyone's just kind of, like, bland for the most part. Like, there's, aside from Saquon, who, like. Yeah. But he's, which, but he's not playing right now. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, I personally. I really like Daniel Jones and I feel like, I don't know if you see my tweets. I try to defend him the best I can. Like it's, it's so tough. And I, I like him. I hated the pick. I mean, I just hated it. It was a pick. very questionable pick. Like I was sitting there and I was just like, what, yeah, what? like did At my six, it made no sense. Like, and it, and the unfortunate thing is it puts Daniel Jones in a very bad spot too. Cause now he's got to perform like a number six overall pick yeah. when I think reality would make him, maybe like a later first round pick. I agree. That was tougher at the gate, but my biggest thing with him is the turnovers. And it's just, it's, it's something that you can't ignore. And you'd hope that by season two, he would have taken that, you know, that step to make improvements on that, but he was still turning the ball over like crazy. And, and and I mean, Jason Garrett to me is not really using him well either. Like we saw a little bit of like that kind of run action, run RPO, you know, zone reads. And that was working. And you saw Jones running and, and really I using his skills well. Love Mobile Jones. Yeah. I love to watch him. And I felt so bad when he got so much shit for when he tripped against Ugh. the Eagles. And I was like, I get it. Like, I understand the memes. Like, can we just take a moment to realize he had to do this because nothing else was working. Right. And he got 80 yards. Like, let's just, or what are you? Yeah, it was 80. And, and the Giants still scored in that drive. So it exactly. wasn't like. And I'm like, this poor kid. Like, I get it. it Yes, it probably should have been on NFL memes. It was hilarious. But I'm like, can we just take a moment to like, I feel like he does try. Like, I think he wants this team to do well. I think he's not afraid to make a play where he has to. I just, I also think just the offensive line, my biggest issue has been the offensive line for like seven years. I think watching them has been like stomach turning, like to watch. I was at, 
we have season tickets and I try, you know, I lived in Philly. I'm now back in Scranton, but I would try to like go to at least like two home games or something. And every time I would just sit and like watch Eli get sacked. And I was like, I was like, I paid money to watch this poor guy get sacked like three times, four times. And I'm like, and I feel like they, the offensive line for those few like weeks did improve, but Daniel Jones got sacked eight times. Yeah. That to me is just like, inexcusable and I can understand if it may be you know it's one game where like they're just not together but this has been an ongoing issue like every time I feel like for the past seven years when the offense took the line I would see like Eli trotting on I was like got nervous because like he's gonna get drilled into the ground and is it just gonna be drilled and he fumbles it or is he gonna get drilled and he holds on to it like what's it gonna happen? but we knew those sacks were coming I think like this past game I don't know how you expect someone to make a ton of plays when, like, he's getting sacked. And like you said, he was clearly injured, and I think he looked shaken. Yeah. I don't know if it was just having a week off, and it kind of took him out of that, like, four-week groove. Well, I guess he didn't play the the previous week. But, like, that little groove that he was kind of in probably feeling confident in himself, and it just derailed him a little bit. Or maybe he – I think I view him as someone who gets in his head a lot. I I, can see that. I just feel like – he looks so indecisive and I feel like, and obviously I have no idea, but watching him, I'm just like, yeah, like you play for New York city. I get it. And I'm sure you have so much pressure, but I feel like he goes through that pressure when he plays. And I'm just like, please like leave it in the locker room and just play. Like you, maybe did you deserve a a six spot debatable, but like you are a contender. You have to play and just leave it in the locker room. And I feel like, especially on Sunday's game. Like I would just, I was like, I can like go run errands before you throw this ball. Like you're just sitting there kind of like going through the motion. Do I throw it? And I think, I truly think he has like a checklist to be like, if I throw and it gets intercepted, this is going to happen. But, and then in the midst of him doing this, he gets sacked. Yep. But at the same time, I also think there's a huge worry of getting sacked because it is so likely all the time. And it has been like, I'd watch with Eli. I was like, if we don't, and his curve by giving him a concussion. I don't know what we're going to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and and that's on Gettleman. And he waited yeah. all these years to fix this line. He finally did it in this draft. And I think, you know, Andrew Thomas is a nice piece. I think Matt Pert's a nice piece, but like it's a developmental process at this yeah. point when this should have been a priority in his first draft. hundred percent. I think it's great that we have been seeing some process, but the fact that it's taken this long and like you, like, and yes, we've seen process, but it's still not, it's not like good. this unbeatable offense line where like no one's getting through. And if someone gets through, it's like, wow, the odds of that happen, like, you know, and I think that should have been a priority like five years ago, yeah. six years ago. And it's great. It's like a puzzle piece. And it's like the puzzle pieces are coming together, but the, but the puzzle's not complete yet. And I think as fans, like we're, we're tired of this being like an ongoing process. Like let's, get a solid O-line so we can move on to other parts. Cause like we said, we still don't have superstar players. Like no. we need, I mean, I don't understand where Darius Layton spent the whole season. I thought he was magical. Like I thought Daniel Jones Slayton connection was great. I drafted Slayton, like traded for Slayton to get on my fantasy team. And he had that game against the Steelers. And I was like, all right, like what do I have to sell? I need Slayton. And then after that, it was like, 
projection seven points and like he wouldn't get any and i was like why did i, well, I mean it goes that? back to the game plan they're not throwing yeah. down field it's just it's it's very strange my big take on on gettleman and my buddies were texting me after this little win streak they're like well you know do you want to keep gettleman now and i've been right. railing against him on this podcast i can't stand the guy and even during that four game win streak and uh, i was like no gettleman still needs to go like we're still talking about a team with five wins when yep. you look around this roster, they're devoid of talent at major positions. 100%. And I think, like you were saying, that the, the locker room finally is coming together under Joe Judge. Do we really want an old, out-of-touch GM putting the pieces on the field for Joe? I want Joe Judge to go into uh, Mara's office and say, hey, here are the guys that I want to work with, that I get along with, that I think are smart, and fire Gettleman, and let's, let's do this thing for real. Because obviously – you know, Judge and, and Gettleman, they got forced together with each other. Right. If you ask Joe Judge realistically off the record, I'm sure he would say, yeah, I want my own guy to come in. And 100%. I agree. I just think it has to happen because I'll use the Bill Bell or excuse me, the uh, Bill Parcells lines. Like if you want me to cook the dinner, I got to buy the groceries. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm 100 percent there. I just think and like I I just think Joe Judge has shown such like taken such control of this team. And yes, do we have five wins but to be fair I think I I just like I don't care what anyone says I really think a lot of that has to do with like the locker room morale like I just really think he took control of a lot of that and I think he hasn't steered us strong yet and I get it he's you know it's his first season and like we're still five and whatever I don't know what are we five and eight now five I and eight, yeah yeah, you know, like I was like, I don't even want to look. It's I know. Just, but I think, I think he's like, and also the fans love him. Like, I think we just need to trust him and be like, hey, like what pieces do you think we need? And like, see what happens. Worse comes, I mean, we can't get that much worse anyway. So right. like, worse comes to worse. So like, hey, you know, we gave you this chance. You're, you're, the people you chose are questionable at best. We need to like regroup. And it's like, okay, fair. But I think Gettleman, like, oh, it's just, just not, I mean, and to have fans feel this way, like, it sucks. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's terrible. And, yeah. like, I don't have faith in the guy. Even mm-hmm. this draft, I was like, all right, I know he did some things well. It's right. still, I'm just like, I don't trust his, his, his instincts at this point. I think he's just out of touch. I agree. Uh, I think he gets, like, I feel like, yeah, maybe he's done well in some areas, but I don't think that scale off puts the I like I sound yeah, really, like good and bad, but like I really don't think that it's good enough to outweigh the bad that he's done. Like totally I totally agree. So let me ask you this, because this has been a little bit of a controversial question among my Giants friends. What do you want from the rest of this season? Do you want us to win the division or do you think it's better for long term to just compete and then you know miss the playoffs? All right. So my selfish answer is I don't want to make the playoffs because I don't want us to have a playoff home game where no fans can go. That's I my like that. yeah. That's my selfish answer. I mean, I was at the playoff, the only first and only playoff game at MetLife against uh, the Falcons on that Super Bowl run. Yep. The energy was cannot even be compared. It was amazing. But selfishly, that's the reason. Not selfishly. <laughs> To be honest, I didn't expect, like, originally when I saw Joe Judge and what he was doing, I was like, I have high hopes. Then the season started and I was like, 
Daniel Jones or um, Saquon's out. Like this is not, you know, Daniel Jones has not improved. This is really looking bad. So I was, wasn't even in the, in the question, the realm of possibilities. As we got better, I was like, this is great. And this is a fun feeling, but I don't need them to go to the playoffs. I'm not, I just want improvement. And I think after the seasons that we've suffered through, it's very little to ask of the team. Like, I just want to see them do well. And I think they have in a lot of the games that they lost, like they could have won. Yep. I mean, the Buccaneers game, like I did end up, I think, turning that one off. And I was like on Twitter again, because I was like, I know we're going to lose this and I just don't want to watch it. Um, but like that game was winnable. I mean, the first Eagles game was, I can't, it like, literally causes me anxiety but like so I feel like at the same time it's like I we've seen improvement and I think really that's what I more so wanted to see and I think I mean five wins is an improvement it's a little one but I think also like I just wanted more morale I wanted to see the players mesh together I think it's getting there so for the playoffs like do we I'm not like I said I don't really watch I was hyped like when we beat the Seahawks, but when the Washington football team won, I was like, this is kind of a dead dream. I think <laughs> like, I don't think it's happening, but I'm kind of okay with it. I just want to like, like if we win and then the Washington fall or like we, we go what two or three or like they yeah. go, three. I'm not going to be sitting here. Like, I can't believe we missed the playoffs. I'm going to be like, look, we at least, did better and also the playoff picture is so questionable and I feel like not indicative of anything because the division is trash yeah it's so bad so I feel like you know if we were going 11 and 5 I would be like like we start off this season and we're winning and it's like 11 I'd be like oh my gosh but I feel like we're getting like whoever wins this division I think is almost getting like the fourth place medal and it's like great job but who knows? Like I thought, I was actually super impressed by the Washington football team. The other, their last. Two they minutes. look good. They do, kind of, and the defensive line is scary. Chase yeah, Young is going to haunt us for years. It's just hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah, I I was scared watching Chase Young. Like yeah. I was scared. Yeah. Um. So, like, who who doesn't want their team to go far? But the expectations were so low that I'm kind of like, I see maybe not the winning record, but I see more like we found our coach, the team's meshing. Um, I know Daniel Jones injured. I think I've seen some improvement from him and maybe yeah. that improvement bar was low because it was like, please don't turn over the ball. Like, please. That's like, all we're asking. Yeah. Like, so maybe the bar, the threshold was low, but I kind of feel like I've seen enough of what, like I, I wanted to see to make me happy. If that makes sense. It <laughs> like, does. I, I, I kind of agree with pretty much everything you said because yeah. I ultimately, you know, it, it, you don't want your team to lose. You're not rooting against your team. Of course. But I think it's in the best interest if they don't make the playoffs this year. So, like, if we win out or even if we go two and one and just miss the playoffs, I think, like you said, that improvement is really encouraging. Right. And at the beginning of the year, I had such low expectations. Mm-hmm. When they go out with that terrible start, you're like, all right, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it put me in a really weird spot because I, I hate being like, oh, we should lose. It's just it's, it goes against everything as a fan. But at this point, like I, I just think like we were saying, there's so much talent gap that if ultimately 
We show that we're competitive. We've shown that that Joe Judge is the guy, and we can ultimately get like a top ten draft pick, and then next year really go after this. Yeah. To me, that's the ideal situation. Just because I I think if we end up winning the division and make the playoffs and have to play the Seahawks, I know we beat them already, but in the playoff situation, I don't trust us against Russell Wilson in the playoffs. I just don't. No, I I agree a hundred percent. And I think too, like what's really been fun to watch is the defense. Like yeah. they are fun to watch, and I think that's been a huge positive. That like I don't think I realized how lacking the defense was until this season. And yep. I was like, oh, like I think other teams are probably scared of our defense, which is great. We just need to you know have teams be scared of on both sides. So I think like. And I, I love Logan Ryan. I He's love Bradbury and I love peppers. And I feel like the priority has to be keeping them together. Yeah. I love them. And I said this a couple episodes back, but we do have to give Dave Gelman some credit. He brought in all those guys. We do. I think that was a really good move, but you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's no pass rush that you're, you know, you're just not getting any realistic pass rush. I think there's a few things that we still need on defense, but um, Patrick Graham, the D coordinator, is awesome. And I'll tell you a, a cool little aside. So I played uh, football at University of Richmond, and then I went on to coach for a little bit afterwards. And Patrick Graham was our tight ends coach. And he was like 25 or 26, I think, at the time. And yeah. he was like the low man on the totem pole. So I, I did, you know, him and I were, wouldn't call us friends, uh, but we were in the same coaching room doing right. a lot of breakdowns. So for me, it's been awesome watching him. And, and now he's the D coordinator of our, of our unit. Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, this is That's awesome. Like very cool. Awesome. Awesome to watch. But yeah, I, I hope that, I mean, I, I would love to see him get a head coach and job down the line, but give us like maybe two more years. Let's yeah, compete. Let's just enjoy. Cause I think like we're on the right track. That's, I think like I saw people on Twitter being like, Oh, like Patrick, Hammond. I'm like, don't, don't tell our secret. Like, let us just, if we can just have him for like two more years and like, let this team really get together. I think there could be a lot of stuff. I keep tweeting at the Giants. I'm like, can we just have a Joe Judge apparel? And like Patrick yeah. Graham. I'm tweeting. I like tweet at them. I'm like, since I can't find a jersey, how about like, have you ever made apparel with like merch with the coach? <laughs> like, is that a possibility? Like, how can we do that? Because I think I love Joe Judge. I really do. And I really like Patrick Graham. And I'm just like, how can we, maybe they need some more recognition. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Be the first one wearing like a Joe Judge jersey or t-shirt or whatever they wanted to come up with i would totally buy that hey you could start the revolution you could start up you know put it out on twitter start selling it maybe that's what i'm gonna have to do i might have (laughs) to who knows but so let me ask you we'll do the closing question do you uh do any kind of gambling or you get invested in the spreads and anything like that honestly no i i don't that stuff i think it's a jinx it like (laughs) freaks me out too much my boyfriend does it and like he's great at it i'm just like freaks me out I'm like this is gonna jinx I was like I just know whatever I do is gonna like the opposite is gonna happen I do fantasy and um I have to say I've done fantasy this is I met my boyfriend's brother's league and um my first year I did it I was probably like a senior in high school and I was like I drafted basically only Giants players and was like, <laughs> you can't do that and I was like well I don't want you know an Eagles player like I don't want to have to root for them to succeed and they don't want to root for a Patriots player so after that, and I then I got really bad and was like, oh, my God, they have a bye week and I have. <laughs> so after that, I took a little hiatus from fantasy and I got back on it. And I did. Well, I had a great team. And then the between the injuries and co- like the COVID protocols, I kind of yep. 
lost my mojo there, but I do I like I like fantasy. I was like, wow, I was like, it's actually fun when you don't pick all Giants players, especially the years that they suck. <laughs> like yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. So I do that a little, but I'm not like I said, I the gambling freaks out. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a huge jinx and like I'm a little superstitious, so I'm like, let's just fair enough. Better. <laughs> we uh we do our picks here on the show and you know, for all the years we've been doing this, and I go back a long time in a, like a league with my buddies. Over in course of ten years, five guys have made three picks a week, so seventeen weeks. We are exactly five hundred fifty percent, like dead center. We've got like wow. one thousand sixty-eight wins and one thousand sixty-two losses. That's like it's hilarious. unbelievable. So wow. it's a fool's errand, but I love it. My poor wife, she has to deal with me watching games and doing fantasy and gambling all yeah. the time. It's <laughs> stressful enough for me. I can't imagine what she's to has to deal with watching me do it. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can kind of relate to her. My boyfriend will text me and be like, "Oh, if like X, Y, Z happens, then this happens," and I'm like, "I don't." You're freaking me out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like text, text your guy group chat. This is making me a little nervous. Absolutely. So I can relate to that. Totally. Absolutely. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Do you want to give your Twitter handle out so everyone can uh, follow you? Sure. So <laughs> it's at, and then that's underscore. So underscore Raven six. Um, and when you post the podcast, I'll make sure to like put it. Cause I guarantee people heard that and are going to tell <laughs> like what? Yeah. Me? Which happens all the time. So once is that, I will totally retweet with my Twitter handle. Awesome. Which, yeah. And all the listeners, go ahead and follow. It's very entertaining, especially cool. if you're a Giants fan. So thank you so much. Really thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's oh, who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.